We're going to jump into our Bible lesson today, and we're going to, hopefully they'll be able to get the screen going here, Uh, but we're going to be looking at part three of our series that I've entitled, How to Win the Battle Within. Can you say that with me? How to Win the Battle Within. And we've been doing this on Wednesday nights. We did it the last two Wednesdays, uh, and this is the last installment of this series And I I knew that I wasn't going to be able to teach the next couple Wednesday nights. And so I wanted to just go ahead and 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 finish this up. I feel very, very strongly about it. And uh, we have 19 points total. Here's the dilemma that I have today. Um, I have seven points that I want to make. Don't panic too bad. Seven points. And. The last two Wednesdays, the first Wednesday I made it through five. Last Wednesday I made it through six. So basically it'll be a miracle of God if we can get through all seven of them. But if you'll help me, we we can jump right through to the end. But the reason we're talking about this is because the most important thing that you can do as a Christian is to win the battle for your mind. I saw a quote yesterday I just happened to be reading through some things and happened to cross a quote that said, you will never have victory over your actions if you don't get victory over your mind. All of the victory over your actions, the outward things that you do, all of that begins in your mind. And, and that's what we've been looking at over the last two Wednesdays is how to win the battle for your thought life, how to win the battle for your attitude. Anyone remember the old saying your attitude determines your altitude. That really is true. Your attitude, uh, your outlook, the way you think about things, it'll determine how you worship, how you serve the Lord, whether or not you can have victory over sin, victory over temptation, all of these things. By the way, every single person in this room battles temptation. You don't have to say amen too loud. Now, you, you might struggle with a di- different temptation than I do, uh, but the Satan, uh, is, he is a master manipulator, and he knows how to pay attention to you personally, and he'll tempt you depending on your personality. So he observes your personality, and he sees where your weakest areas are, and that's where he'll attack you. And so we all struggle with different temptations. It's not unusual to fight temptation. But what is important is that you get the victory over your thought life so that you can have the strength to overcome temptation. How many want to be more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus? I said more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling in a good mood today. So I'm just going to tell you what it means to be more than an overcomer. Anybody ever thought about that before? What does it mean to be more than an overcomer because to be an overcomer that's that's a pretty awesome thing but i want to be more than an overcomer i'll tell you what being more than an overcomer is it's when david slung that rock and knocked goliath down and then he took a sword and took his head off that's what it means to be more than an overcomer how many want to knock the devil down and just take his head off and say you know what you're not coming around here ever again you're going to get out of my thought life you're going to get out of my family going to get out of my home, going to get out of my church. So we're going to look at a couple things. I'm going to have to move really, really quickly here. I'll take you to the next slide. 
This is point number eight. You can go back and get the CDs or you can go uh, to aptabupc.com and you can listen to the free podcast uh, to hear the first points. Uh, so we're on point eight of how to win the battle within. This one is extremely, extremely, extremely important. Many people are losing uh, an understanding of how important this is. You need to be faithful to church. Amen? You need to be faithful to the house of God. And, and that doesn't just mean coming once a week. That means being faithful to the house of God. You know, it's not possible to get everything that you need just one service a week. We need to be faithful to Sunday night church. We need to be faithful to Wednesday night Bible study because every service is different. For example, on Sunday mornings, we're usually more evangelistic oriented. So that means that if you're here and you already have the Holy Ghost, a lot of times the service is not going to be geared uh, directly to your needs. Wednesday nights is when we go deeper into the word of God. How many think sometimes we've got to go a little bit deeper into the word of God? And, uh, and Sunday nights tend to be more of a family environment where uh, we preach a little bit differently. And we need the strengthening. That's why Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. What did he mean by that? That's a very, very important thing that Jesus said. In other words, church will feel like a drudgery if you think of church as something that you have to go to because you've got to bless the church. You should be a blessing to the church. But the house of God was designed to be a blessing to you, to strengthen your walk with God. We need to encourage one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to lift one another up. We need to speak in tongues together. We need to shout together. We need to worship the Lord together. Sometimes we weep together. Sometimes we cry together. Today, right now, uh, Steve Laudermilk is going into a procedure, and uh, we're very, very concerned for him, and Sister Laudermilk, and, and Janice, and Sandy, and as a church family, one of the things that we're going to do today, and we are doing right now, is we're praying for them together as a church body. We're unifying in faith. We're unifying in our concern, and so when we gather together, there's strength. You know, the Bible refers to the devil as a roaring lion. Everyone said a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's roaming to and fro. Uh, you know, he's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. And, but he's constantly on the lookout. And, of course, uh, the, the demons are constantly prowling and on the lookout. If you study lions, uh, which is one of those strange things that I've always been fascinated with is lions, is what they will do is they will stalk very large prey, like elephants, for example. Now, don't get offended. I'm not comparing saints to elephants, all right? But what I am saying is that if you have the Holy Ghost, Satan has no authority over you. You are, you are stronger than the devil when you call on the name of Jesus. I said you are stronger than the devil if you have the Holy Ghost and you call on the name of Jesus. But what Satan will do like a lion, he will, he will look for that one individual who slips away from the safety of the herd, slips away from the safety of the house of God, the safety of the church. 
And, and I have never seen an individual who waned in their faithfulness to the house of God who did not grow weak spiritually. It's why God designed the church to strengthen us. And when you slip away from the house of God, you may not notice it. It may happen slowly, but you will, you will grow weak spiritually. And, and so what Satan will do is he will watch for that person who has slipped away from the safety of the herd, and he'll wait until they're weak enough. He never would be able to take them on if they were where they were supposed to be. But when you get far away from the house of God and the safety of the things of God, that's when he'll strike and that's when he'll win the battle. And so your mind, we need, you know, it was David who talked about, I, you know, I, I really struggled when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. My foot almost slipped. I almost stumbled. I almost fell because here I am trying to be righteous and I look over there and there's a wicked, unrighteous man and he seems like everything is going right for him. Anybody ever been there before? Any human beings in the house? Sometimes you just look at a wicked, wicked person and it seems you look at their mansion and you look at their car and it seems like they're smiling and, and they're going on vacation 12 times a year and you think, my God, the prosperity of the wicked. Yeah, it can be hard sometimes. And then he said, but then I went into the house of the Lord and I got in the presence of God. And all of a sudden I realized that I'd rather spend a day in the courts of the Lord. I, I would rather spend my time in the house of God because that's where my strength is. That's where my refreshing is. That's where my renewing is. That's where the spirit of God is. And when I came into the presence of God, all of a sudden I had clarity in my thoughts. I had clarity in my mind. When I got around God's people, when I got around the sacrifice of praise, all of a sudden my mind was renewed. And sometimes we just need the house of God to renew our mind. Amen? Anybody ever had your mind renewed? Anybody ever come to church and your mind was just all wrong? Some of you came to church today. Your mind was just everywhere that it shouldn't have been. But then you come in and you start singing about precious memories. And all of a sudden you go back to that altar where God! First filled you with the Holy Ghost. And you go back in your mind to the waters of baptism when you first went down. And the name of Jesus was called over you. And all of a sudden something changed in your mind. And something changed in your spirit. We need the house of God. We need one another. We need the preaching. We need the preaching of the word. Oh, hallelujah. I said we need the preaching of the word. We need it. We need it. And by the way, it doesn't do us any good. You know, if you've been here the last two Wednesdays, you know I got a little strong. So I'm going to just continue that tradition for a minute here. It doesn't do any good to come to church and go hang out in the lobby and talk to people all through the preaching and all through the worship. When we come to church, we need to come to church and we need to be in the middle of what God is doing. It doesn't do any good to come to church and, and just sit there with our hands folded and wait for our favorite song to be sung before we worship. We need to come. We need to enter into his courts with praise. And, and we need to receive the word. Sometimes the word is strong. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's soft. Sometimes it's encouraging. Sometimes it's prophetic. But whatever it is for that day, we need to say, I want a word from the Lord. 
I want a word from the Lord. My soul needs it. My heart needs it. We need the touch from God. And so my experience, though, whenever people begin to struggle with their mind and that battle within, everyone said the battle within, the battle that no one can see, but you feel it. You're, it's, it's raging inside of you. And, you know, sometimes I can come to church and, uh, and I can feel in the spirit. I can sense the battle that people are fighting in their spirit. You know, people come to church with all kinds of trouble that we don't know about, all kinds of struggles that we can't see. That's why we need to be very sensitive and loving to people and encouraging to people because you don't know. You don't know what kind of struggle someone's going through right now. Someone may have come to church today and, and they might be on the verge of giving up because they've been fighting a battle for a long time that you can't even see. And sometimes I can sense it in the spirit, but what many people will do and, and this is the most dangerous thing that you can do is they start struggling and then they start missing church. A lot of times it's because they don't want people to know they're fighting a battle. Maybe they're embarrassed about the battle that they're fighting or, or, or maybe, they, uh, maybe they just feel unworthy. Sometimes condemnation, all of these things, sometimes just discouragement. But can I just go on record and tell you that the worst thing you can do when you're fighting a battle within is to start missing church. You need to get yourself to church. The devil will do everything he can to keep you from the house of God because he knows that's where your strengthening will come from. And so it, whenever you're fighting an inward battle, you don't need to be ashamed. You don't need to worry about all that. Just get yourself to the house of God. If you've got to take a plane, train, bus, walk in the rain, if you've got to swim the ocean, whatever you've got to do, if you've got to drive all night long, get yourself to the house of God because you never know when you might get yourself in a service where God will heal your mind, heal your body, touch your soul, bless you, do a work in your life. And you don't want to miss what God is doing. And so... Look at your neighbor and say, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful to church. It's probably one of the most important aspects of winning the battle within. All right, I've got to move quickly. I'll take you to the next slide. We're talking about how to win the battle within. Read it with me. Bless the Lord at all times. Psalms 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'll tell you one of the, the greatest lessons that my parents, they didn't, they didn't tell it to me, they showed it to me. And you know, if you study any of these Christian parenting books, there's some wonderful Christian parenting books out there. If you study those, one of the first things they'll always say, it's always in the first chapter, kids learn by catching things more than they do by hearing things. And so children will follow their parents' example more than they will the words that they say. And so uh, you ever hear parents say, you know, do as I say, not as I do? It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. The way it works is children are typically going to do what their parents do, what they example to them. And both of my parents, but dad, let's just be honest, more mom than any of the rest of us. But, but both of my parents, in all honesty, I'm kidding, but had, have a habit, and it's, it's become a part of my lifestyle, of spontaneously 
just worshiping the Lord. And my mom doesn't care if she's in the middle of Walmart. If she starts feeling grateful to the Lord, she'll, now she doesn't do anything too crazy. Don't, don't get your imagination going too wild. But all of a sudden, I'll just hear every once in a while say, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Lord, I praise your name. And, and sometimes we'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, Dad will just say, in Jesus' name, I love you, Lord. I worship you. I magnify you. You know what that is? That's a lifestyle of continually worshiping the Lord. My son gets tickled at me because every once in a while, uh, you know, we'll just be doing something. And all of a sudden I'll say, Lord, I worship you. I'll praise your name. And he'll go, what's going on, Dad? Are we in church? I say, yeah, we're going to take church with us everywhere we go because we are the church. We are the church. And when you learn how to bless the Lord at all times, it will refresh your soul. It will renew your mind. You, if you're waiting, if the only time you're ever worshiping the Lord is on Sunday morning, then you've got a real problem in your life. If you really love the Lord, you're going to worship him at all times. There's just going to be moments where it just erupts. You're just going to say, God, I praise your name. I worship you. I love you, Jesus. I praise you. And it changes your mindset. Everyone said your mindset. It changes your attitude. And sometimes, sometimes it's easy to do. It's easy to bless the Lord when the blessings are flowing. Sometimes when the blessings are not flowing, you have to force yourself to say, Lord, I don't understand what I'm going through, but I bless your name. And if you purpose in your heart, I'm going to bless the Lord in the good times. I'm going to bless him in the bad times. When my bank account is full, I'm going to give him praise. When my bank account is empty and I got a stack of bills, woo, anybody living in the real world, and I got a stack of bills sitting on the kitchen counter, I'm going to go ahead and bless the Lord. I'm going to praise him in advance. I'm going to say, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay these medical bills, but I bless your name. I know you're able. I know you're worthy. I know you've got it under control. You own the cattle on a thousand hills, and I worship you. Hallelujah. Praise God. It will bless your soul. It will change your attitude. Bless the Lord at all times. And look at your neighbor and say, that means even when I don't feel like it. Even when I don't feel like it. All right, I got to move fast. I told you I've got that preaching spirit on me, and I'm, I'm, it's like I'm in slow motion teaching today. But we'll take you to point number 10. This one is very, very, very important, especially when you're going through one of those battles within that is extremely intense. Anybody ever had a battle in your mind that was so powerful you just didn't think you were going to get the victory? I mean, let's be honest. I have. I've had battles where my spirit was just under attack, my mind was under attack, and I didn't know how I was ever going to come through on the other side of that victory. I've been through battles where I thought I was losing my mind. Can I just be honest with you for a moment? There are times when you'll literally feel like you're losing your mind. And, and, and what I'm talking about right now is spiritual attacks. Anybody ever been under a spiritual attack where... It just seemed like the enemy was coming in like a flood, and you could not seem to get the victory over it. This one is extremely important. We've talked about many, many things, but this one is one that you need to take into account for those battles that are so strong, you just don't see how you're ever going to get the victory. 
because we've already talked about prayer, but you need to add to your prayers fasting. Everyone said fasting. <laughs> that wasn't the point you wanted to hear, was it? <laughs> but sometimes you have to add to your prayers fasting. Fasting is one of the most underutilized spiritual weapons that you have at your disposal. Most people don't utilize it at all. In fact, uh, some Christians will never fast unless the pastor just begs them to do it and makes them do it. And even then, they still won't fast sometimes. And then they wonder why they can never get victory over their minds. In the scripture behind us, we have a story where there was a father who had a son who was possessed of a devil. In fact, the King James says that for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, and oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. Everyone uh, understand that this young man was losing the battle for his mind. Everybody understand that? And so this father brought his son to the disciples for uh, prayer and, and for him to be prayed for and to be delivered. The disciples uh, prayed for the young man and they were unable to effect any kind of change. Nothing happened. And so the father took his son to Jesus. That had to be a little embarrassing for the disciples, don't you imagine? Took him to Jesus and of course Jesus immediately cast the devil out of him and the young man became every wit whole. He was delivered in that very moment. And so naturally, the disciples were left asking the question, Lord, why were we unable to get victory in this situation? And Jesus' response is incredibly important. He said, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. Now, the first thing that Jesus did is he rebuked them for their lack of faith. The reason that they did not have the faith that was required is because they had not been praying and fasting. It's important to understand that Jesus was letting the disciples know, I realize that you have a measure of faith and I realize that you have a prayer life. But the missing ingredient that you did not have to get victory over this situation, the missing ingredient was, everyone say it with me, fasting. So we have a lot of Christians who they have a little bit of faith, they have a prayer life, but they have no fasting at all. And so when the real battle comes, they don't have authority and they don't have power. We could spend a whole lesson and we, we should do it sometime. There's all kinds of reasons that fasting are important. Fasting's deny your, fasting denies your flesh. Uh, fasting causes your mind to be taken off just temporary things. Fasting causes you to lean on the Lord. Fasting sharpens you spiritually. Fasting does all kinds of important things. It draws you closer to God in many, many, many ways. I'd love to teach on that, but I don't have time to. But we need to understand that when you are going through an extremely intense battle, and you cannot seem to get the victory. Sometimes you need to say, you know what? I'm going to push the plate away, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray. And I can promise you, when you combine prayer, fasting, and faith, that is a combination that cannot lose. I said it cannot lose, but it's hard. 
It's very, very hard, but it needs to be done. The old-time Christians, uh, Bishop, one of the hallmarks of early Pentecostalism and those early revivals was preachers who would fast on a regular basis. They would fast all the time, and, and revival would fall, and their prayers were powerful. Uh, I think that modern-day Pentecostalism could get back to some of that same power and authority if we would fast a little bit more, and we would see a few more demons fleeing, and we would see more victory in our minds. And uh, so fasting is very important. I knew we weren't going to shout too much over that, especially on Memorial Day weekend when we got cookouts planned and all that kind of stuff. Don't feel guilty about it this weekend. I'm not trying to preach condemnation on anyone, but I am trying to help someone. If you've ever gone through a battle for your mind that you could not get victory over, you really should consider fasting. All right, I'll take you to the next slide. I've got to move quickly here. I'm going to just hit this point very, very briefly. This has been one of the most helpful things that I've ever done personally to help me win the battle for my mind. As I told you two Wednesdays ago, my personality, uh, sometimes I feel like Elijah did, and I'm being really open and honest with you here. Elijah, how many remember he called down fire from heaven? And then it was just a, just a few hours later, and he's running from Jezebel, and he was extremely discouraged. Almost every person that I've ever known who had a, a a prophetic calling and or who had uh, a, a, a strong prayer life often struggle with that because we have faith, but we also, we look at the world, the condition of the world around us. And by the way, if you really open your eyes and see the sinful condition of the world, it can be a very discouraging thing until you lift up your head and see the salvation of the Lord. But sometimes getting from your head being down in discouragement to being lifted up in encouragement. Sometimes that process takes some work. It takes some spiritual discipline. And one of the most helpful things that I have ever done is to keep a prayer journal. Everyone said a prayer journal. Sometimes people call it a Bible reading journal. And uh, I used to actually handwrite it. Now I do it on my, uh, some of you elders will hate me for this, but I do it on my laptop. I do it digitally now. But you know what? If you don't want to do that, Get an act. I see people all the time. They have these beautiful journals you can buy. And what I do in my journal is I write prayer requests. I write testimonies. You should write your testimonies down. I'll tell you what human nature does. Human nature has no problem remembering everything that you want God to do for you. But sometimes it's hard to remember what God has already done for you. And if you have a prayer journal, every once in a while you can flip through it. And you can go back and say, I remember when God answered that prayer. And I'll tell you what it does. It lifts your faith. It encourages you. And if you're discouraged and you start going back, and, and, and sometimes what I'll do in my prayer journal is I'll go back a couple years and I'll look at all the prayer requests that I had written down. And all of a sudden I'll start realizing God answered every single one of those prayers. But sometimes when God starts answering prayers, we don't even realize that God has been answering because we've already moved on to a whole nother list of prayer requests. If we're not careful, we will stop 
testifying about what God has done and just move right into our whole new list of things that we want God to do right now. But if you have a prayer journal, you will be able to go back and remember, this is what God did for me. And all of a sudden, you'll be worshiping the Lord. You'll be saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I remember when I was praying over that situation. And now when I look back, I see what you've done for me. And I thank you for it, God. I praise you for it. And it builds faith. All right, I'm going to take you to the next slide, and then we'll have to stop here. Uh, I didn't make it through seven. I made it through five, but we did our very best. Y'all forgive me, don't you? We, we tried. We tried really hard. This is number 12 of how to win the battle within. Study a specific subject in the Bible. Now, I want to be very clear about something because in the past lessons, I've already talked about daily Bible reading. That's more of a devotional. Everyone said devotions. That's more of a devotion situation. When you read the Bible as, as a devotional, that's different than studying the Bible. How many understand there's a difference? There's a difference in just reading something and, and meditating on it and, 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 and allowing it to encourage you and minister to, it, to you and praying over it. But there's a very big difference between that and actually studying the Bible. I mean, really, when I say studying, I mean you get the, you get the books out, you get everything you can find and you read or read every scripture you can on a particular subject. And so what I recommend for people is that people find a subject that they struggle to understand. If we're being honest, we all have scriptures or or concepts or things in the Bible that we just don't understand. It doesn't make sense to us. Like a word like for example, sometimes I'll use a word that's a biblical word and people will look at me funny. I'll throw one out at you, regeneration. A lot of people hear that word and their mind goes blank. And so if you hear words like that on a regular basis and you have no idea what's being talked about, get, get your Bible out, get your study Bible out, and read everything that you can on that subject. Get a, good, get a good Bible dictionary and study what regeneration means and go through it, study it backwards and forwards until you understand exactly what it means because knowledge gives you power in the spirit. Knowledge gives you power in the spirit. Proverbs 24 and 5 says, A wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. And so Satan always operates in confusion. Satan does his best work in confusion. But knowledge drives confusion out. And knowledge will give you power and authority. And so when the enemy tries to attack your mind, and you have biblical knowledge, you have biblical understanding, you can push back against the confusion and the darkness that the enemy tries to bring into your mind. And so sometimes we've just got to dig in and study the word of God. How many love the word of God? Let's stand. Why don't we stand and thank him for his word today and give him praise for it. God, I will bless you at all times. Your praise will continually be in my mouth. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your touch. I pray that you get, give us victory over every attack against our mind, victory over depression. I give you praise in Jesus' name, victory over temptation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Could you clap your hands to the Lord and worship him right now? Somebody open up your mouth and give him praise. Fill your mouth with praise. Fill your mouth with praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we'll praise you on a holiday weekend. Lord, 
We're not going on vacation from our praise today. We're not going on vacation from our praise today. We worship you, Lord, and we magnify you, God. Amen.